I'm Danny Walker and welcome to Radio Oedipus. This week we're foraging for flavour with Rosabunker. When Rosabunker started out, they dreamt of making exciting sodas that championed local ingredients and Dutch water. But their mission now is one much bigger. They want to beat the soda industry and create their very own flavour worlds by telling stories to our taste buds. Discovery and sustainability is at the heart of what they do. By solving food waste, they can then make syrup. And with that syrup, they can make enough money to fund research to discover more flavour that can be found in their very own fruit farm in Utrecht, but also further away in parts of the Atlantic Ocean. Joining us fresh from the farm is Emil and Tom. Founder Emil had recently returned from a research trip in Brittany and now has plans to create a system to categorise flavours of different species of seaweed. Our adventure begins with an informal chat about how both our companies know each other and also how the podcast started, but transitions nicely into how Rosabunker came to be. All that on today's Radio Oedipus. How was it uh, searching in the winter? Cold? Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> Would you go full scuba suit and everything? Uh, yeah, this time I didn't this go a, a, lot, story. <laughs> a lot in the water, but um, yeah, even with the snow, it's just like, but it gives some, such a kick when you're just going into the water in the, yeah, yeah. In the underworld, <laughs> underwater world. And, and yeah, for me, that's something, yeah, that's the most impressive when you just dive under the surface and yeah. then you have those different layers under of the water heat. layers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, of, of, of different species of different oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. life. So you have like the kelp forests that are mm-hmm. really down there and you dive into the kelp forest and there mm-hmm. you have like 50 new or other species then up. So you have like, this. yeah, mm. it's a world <coughs> full of uh, flavors and new, yeah, yeah. new adventures where I don't know anything about. So for me, it's not that I'm a specialist, not at all. I'm just discovering this world. And I couldn't say I'm knowing a lot of species because I just started now with, I do it for four years, like next to all the other projects. The the research or the scuba diving? Yeah, the research. Yeah. So just trying, tasting, and it was always like two or three months or yeah. one month or just yeah. in between. So for me, it's just starting, but it's, yeah, I did like 80 species now, um, like trying to dry, eating raw, some fermentation steps and just writing down, writing down, writing down. Mm-hmm. So I have now I have my data and now I'm yeah, going to work it out in something yeah. that others can understand. <laughs> and yeah, let's see where that goes and what other people are going to make with the data. And I'm yeah. especially very curious what others are going to make with that data yeah. and how that can involve a system that is not so much discovered. Yeah, cool. Yeah, really great, man. Yeah, nice. I'm going to ask to uh, take a step back, actually, sure. because we, I want to start at the beginning a little bit first and talk about Rosa Bunker. Is it, before we kick it off, is everyone okay? Any questions? You know how these things work, right? Just talk into them. And, yeah, it's uh, quite simple. Yeah, everything's work. I th- yeah, all the microphones are working. Just check okay. out Sander. Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah. Danny, how are all you? All good. Yeah, yeah. good things. All good. Yeah. yeah. I'm just curious what your roles are at, at Oedipus. Mine. Because I can ask uh, in between, but maybe it's... My role at Oedipus. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Radio Oedipus. I run the podcast. Nice. However, I've been working at Oedipus for the past three years, but my... Well, it's still my role currently, but I'm the events manager. So when COVID happened, uh, obviously my job 
kind of ceased to exist, or at least we had to got think really of, hard. Yeah, it got really hard. <laughs> we had to think of some way in which I was going to spend my time. Uh, so we thought about it, how we could creative do it, creatively kind of still make stuff that would be similar to events. And music has always been, music and yeah, live audio has always been something that we've done formerly when Rick was uh, doing it, one of the co-founders with Sander. He was, we've, yeah, he was doing Kimchi Radio, which was conversations with music about beer as well, and also doing it at, at beer launches as well, if I'm explaining it correctly. There was always a big combination between beer talks and radio. Yeah, yeah. well, he had his own uh, yeah, uh, show at Red Light Radio. Yeah. Uh, but there was a part from Oedipus actually and we had yeah you know I, I've been there uh, many times but more as a friend I guess and just drinking beer with others uh, than it was a, yeah. a part of Oedipus but uh, I think he also took the first steps in recording some podcast like things during events in the brewery so yeah. when we had a beer launch he recorded some interviews or some music and that were the first steps into podcasts a couple of years ago and then you sort of did it for real Uh, from from what from what rick was doing it was more uh kind of a lot of how Oedipus typically do things or have done things where it's like a real mix of all cultures that involve Oedipus so it's music it's beer it's uh education it's it's kind of this big uh, uh collection of different things and we wanted to try and do that as well with uh, with the podcast that I developed, but then it ended up being something quite specific where we, it's all about curiosity. So where we invite different people from different institutions or people who've just got a cool story to tell with a heavy link to, well, I, I kind of explain it through the eyes of beer a, a little bit because we talk about beer on the show. We Obviously, a lot of the topics we discuss on the show is beer, but also uh, like... Uh, two weeks ago, me and Sander uh, went to a, a tea specialist and we did tea, we've done kimchi, we've done cheesemakers, bakers, uh, artists. Uh, also visual art, musicians. Visual, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've done we've done a lot of different cultures. Yeah, it's quite it's very broad, yeah. Everything is connected with beer. So, yeah, 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 that's the way, I try, <laughs> that's the, how I try to yeah. link it. It's just like beer, beer culture can be connected. That's to how Bolsa Bunker started as well. Yeah. Yeah, with beer. Yeah. So I think we spoke at Bierberaat. Oh, yeah. Uh, like we started our first beers when we were like 17, 18. Yeah. And that was like just like for fun and connecting um, connecting people on a positive way, tackling pro- mm-hmm. problems on a positive way. So cooking for refugees but and brewing our beer and, and doing parties and yeah. yeah, just connecting people by on a, yeah, on a, on a, sm- a way with a smile mm-hmm. and just like, yeah taste and, and cooking and mm. there was a startup from Rose Bunker and, mm. and it's funny because we met I think at the complete beginning and then we didn't see each other so much I think no no, no. Uh, yeah Rose Bunker yeah, has yeah. been at a few festivals that we organized I think also yeah. just with a lemonade bar yeah so I was uh, there but, yeah. yeah and we still have um, we still work with uh, Mein Stadstein where uh, oh, yeah Goss, right? Kester. Kester, Kester. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I started, started Rosebunker uh, with Kester. Yeah. 
and he planted the hops yeah. uh, that you're harvesting yeah. in the moment. So yeah. that's his his there hop is farm. Heavy connection. Yeah. Right. So yeah. his hop farm was like he stopped yeah. there and then it went over to you guys. <laughs> yeah. And it was pretty funny that it's still up and running. So that's yeah. yeah. We had Sam Roofs on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Cool. Yeah. 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 So you you started Rosebunk when you were seventeen. No, I think we we started brewing beer at that age, and okay. I think we started Rose Bunker when we were twenty, nineteen, something like that. Yeah, okay. And the idea of Rose Bunker was we were like traveling around the world, and and um, yeah, I had some friends in Paris that had a collective Hydropath, and mm-hmm. they uh, had music and brewed beer, and yeah, did a, li- a lot of positive stuff for the world, for the environment, for people around them like with a group of friends and i love that energy and mm-hmm. we i came back here and i just were i was like let's start something here and, and we started brewing beer doing some food for people that couldn't uh, that hadn't the opportunity have to be in contact with that kind of food or mm-hmm. telling stories in in food and that's how we started rosbunker actually mm-hmm. and it was with my sister melanie and kester mm-hmm. and we had maurine and Kelvin, some other friends were joining and yeah in the beginning it was just like a music collective and we did like more political stuff and um, then we were asked by the um, uh, Dutch Design Week to mm-hmm. make a beer for them um, and that was two or three weeks before we the Dutch Design Week started so we Whoa. were like oh cool <laughs> uh, but I think the problem is that there's not enough time yeah, yeah. and you have Fritz Cola so yeah. why the fuck do you have a soda from Germany and want a Dutch beer? We have the best tap water in the world. Why don't we make a soda without water? So that's how we started actually with the soda. And we made it already like with for the alcohol-free people yeah. next to our beer on events. But it was yeah. not like our idea or business. Um, it was just like to the, on the side. And yeah. with the, the design week, it was like... Why the fuck is there nothing in the Netherlands that makes just like a um, good soda? Saru Soda was there. He, oh, he yeah. made sodas by then. Um, but so they was, they, they've been going quite a while, have they? I, I thought they, they, were, I thought they, they like, were more new than no, you. No, older, like mm. I think 10 years now. Okay. Um, but I think for us it was just like, okay, you have Fritz Cola and they only want beer because beer mm. on the time was already more hype. Yeah. And so that was not a hype yet because non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic on that time was just not really important. Mm-hmm. And that was how we started. And uh, okay. we were dumpster diving and, and yeah, looking into agroforesting. And uh, like in the years, we connected all that uh, around the brand Rose Bunker. And we started mm-hmm. to build more a system about taste. So not only creating flavors. And that's how it evolved where we are now. But I think... Mm-hmm doesn't make sense to explain everything now. <laughs> so essentially it started as a bit of a, an accident then, Rosa Bunker. The, 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 because of this event. The name was not connected to Lemonade at all. Like okay. it was not like, now it's connects pretty okay. Like Rosa Bunker, it's like a Lemonade name. Um, Where but, does the name come from then? Um, yeah, the, the, the best explanation is always when you're sitting at the bar and someone orders Rose Bunker and he explains himself where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. That's what I love with Rose Bunker because no one knows mm-hmm. exactly what the name is. Okay, okay. Um, and, and yeah, the, the, the boring story um, is that 
it is the house where I grew up <laughs> okay, okay. was pink and yeah. we were brewing beer in the bathroom of my mother ah, okay. um, and the, my my neighbor came in and she said what's the name of your beer mm. okay okay and Rosebunka. we said like uh, Brauerschout or something like very <laughs> very stupid and she said like um but we are in the Rose Bunker and we're like, what? Rose Bunker, that's cool. <laughs> so that's how it's So just stuck. Yeah, just like. Ah, nice. Like yeah. Great. Oh, well, I see you've opened up the can, but always on the show, we like to drink a guest beer. And I've bought some uh, special drinks on today's show. It's from Omnipolo. We've got a couple of hard seltzers. There's two kinds on the table. Uh, one is called Carolina and one is called uh, Neo Fresco... Uh, and it's based, yeah, it's based on their beer, the Carpology. I had to look at the can because they're really yeah, difficult names. But yeah, I was wondering if I could get your opinion on uh, on these, Sander, because yeah, I was checking, oh, checking. No, no sorry, <laughs> we've got another can here because I was checking uh, these. I was on Omnipolo's Instagram and I saw someone comment on a picture of this one, the one with the orange can, saying, "What horror! Where is the beer?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what uh, what is, what's your opinion on breweries doing uh, hard seltzer sander? Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm afraid I don't really have a strong opinion no, about no. that. I, yeah, I think it's a new style of alcoholic beverages <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, yeah. What what's there to say? Uh, yeah, it's new to me. <clears throat> yeah, but. Um, uh yeah i'm sure you can make exciting flavors uh yeah. with a hard seltzer and i don't know it, it, it it's maybe for some people it's synonymous to sort of yeah the drinks that i had uh, i i think i only had examples from large producers so mm. bud light yeah. orange or something and then but it's like really what water is, what with this chemical a chemical fruit flavor yeah hard seltzer is just uh uh um, seltzer is it's uh, an american term for soda drink basically but with alcohol yeah yeah hard so, seltzer is with alcohol and yeah so it's seltzer. basically carbonated water with alcohol and then often it's flavored and yeah, I think you you should be able to to put loads of exciting flavors mm. into mm. a drink that doesn't have a base an an alcoholic drink that doesn't have the base uh, something like grapes as wines have or apples that ciders do or grain that beer has more of a cocktail but it's brewed. Well, yeah, it is it brewed? Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah, doesn't yeah. doesn't have it's to. It's coffee brewed. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, if you oh, heat yeah. water, yeah. then it's brewed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but like seltzers are mainly like the commercial seltzers are just mixed flavors from chemicals Ooh. mostly. Mm. So it's not that there's all natural flavors in it. No. So this but is like the brewed seltzer. I think <coughs> maybe we can make a difference between the commercial. This is the brewed seltzer, and the other is like just seltzer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but seltzer is something when you taste it, it's. For sure, it's like it's a new world, and I understand brewers or people that love beer that they're like, "Where's the beer?" Yeah, yeah. Because a company or do they say it's beer for them, or Omnipolo says just hard seltzer? It says hard seltzer. They're marketed hard seltzer. Okay. Um, but it, yeah, it's brewed. Uh, it's brewed. And what you proof, can do yeah? is you can so, you can have 
alcohol, you can add basically something like vodka to water. And mm-hmm. then if you blend that to 5%, then you have 5% dingy. Yeah. Yeah, 5% base that you can put layers of flavor on top of, you know, whether it's extract mm. or yeah. whole fruit or spices or whatnot. Uh, or you can start with a syrup, a sugar mm. syrup, add mm-hmm. yeast, and then ferment it into a 5% yeah, beverage. Yeah, that would be and then, a, like artisanal uh, mm, hard I guess so. I guess, uh, instead of mixing. Although the, the main uh, struggle that brewers of uh, yeah fermenting sugar water, basically, is that yeast also needs nutrients, yeah. and grain uh, has a lot of nutrients, and so... You have to add something like, uh, like, uh, yeah, yeast nutrients, a nutrient or, base, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, phosphates, and yeah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah also that. Dup, mm. dup, yeah. indeed. But uh, the reason I brought it to the table is because I thought it was maybe where the two worlds collide a little bit between uh, Oedipus and Rosa Bunker. Have you, have you guys <laughs> thought about making uh, any form of alcoholic beverage? We are now yeah. actually, yeah, um, but it's more in the way that we. We think at Rosse Bunker more in a system. So when we have a lemon, mm-hmm. we don't want to have the leftover of a lemon. So we have like the the taste that comes out of the syrup. So mm-hmm. we have still the, the pulp and the extracts from mm-hmm. the syrup. And we put it on alcohol that we make from the leftovers from our syrup sugars. So actually we ferment our sugars on the moment. And we make alcohol from that and we put it together with the leftover flavors. So to make a circular product... We just want to use everything, and alcohol is one of the best parts or best uh, solutions to get out everything of your product because there are always some rest sugars, or you can still ferment some sugars, and that's how we make now. Like from a one product, we make a bottle of syrup, mm-hmm. a vinegar, an alcohol, and a spirit. Oh, cool. So that's what we're what Tom is actually um, yeah working on at the moment. Yeah, it's all about flavor, actually, because. Like the stuff that comes out of the syrup still has a lot of smell, like at least, but also a lot of flavor. So, yeah, right now we're just trying different techniques to still extract the second, like, flavor and maybe add a little bit, but like let that be the basis. So, for example, on alcohol or on vinegar. Um, and yeah, with me starting at Rose Bunker, we started to process more fruits ourselves. Mm-hmm. So like we press berries, but you also have the pulp. Um, I don't know if that's an English word. Yeah, pulp is an English pulp. word. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah, that's a, a lot of flavor, you know, but there's mm-hmm. yeah little seeds in there mm-hmm. that you can drink. So you have to filter. Yeah. Um, so the example there is we fermented the, the pulp and put it on um, vinegar after that. And now we have a really nice berry vinegar. And the berry vinegar goes, is the base yeah. for the syrup on the acidity. Yeah, exactly. So it's like now we're creating a system around taste that it's not like, oh, we have an apple, we press it and it's the, it's the syrup. Mm-hmm. But now we have yeah. the apple with the skin and with the skin, we put it on the vinegar made from the mm-hmm. alcohol process behind. So it's a circle around that we're making different steps of flavor mm-hmm. within the syrup. And that's like... The different steps are from different steps in in the process mm. and that we can add differently on different ways in the syrup. Mm. And next to it, we can just like the, the steps, we can make single products from it as well. So, so we can present it as a vinegar, but we can put the vinegar into the syrup as well. <laughs> and actually, when we drank the vinegar, it was like... What this. fuck? This is a lemonade itself. It's been really, <laughs> yeah. really yeah. fucking sour. But it has, it had a lot of like 
still sweetness that didn't come out in the juice or it still had a lot of bitters and and tannins like uh from the the skins of the of the berries so it was like a lot of extra flavor compared to just the juice mm-hmm. of the berries mm-hmm. yeah. and it, uh flavors derived from the fruit yeah, yeah through the vinegar yeah yeah oh, and then we put it in the syrup so it's a again. super fruity vinegar yeah so yeah. we have a berry and we do a lot of techniques and then we take as much flavor from it as we can and the funny thing of that vinegar is just like we wanted to create that (laughs) vibe that you're just like under the berry uh, bush and you're just picking that berry and when you're eating it and Mm. when it's just not ripe enough you have like this exploding acid and in the syrup it's pretty difficult to get it yeah but in the vinegar it was exactly like like ah. when you just like eat a hand of just not ripe enough berries and was and Mm -hmm. so that's yeah that's but cool acidity it. can be diff- acetic acid is different than than citric acid or yeah, uh, apple juice or yeah, yeah, yeah but, but also there, like yeah. in in lacto fermentation you create uh, milk sours so yeah, lacto lactic so acid. we have yeah. like layers of of sours now in yeah. this syrup so the for basil example. for example we ferment first on on a, on a lactic acid way with salt and yeah. and then we put it within the syrup because mm. it extracts more flavor mm-hmm. so if like yeah, and also different flavor different flavor like, and and what you did with the basil citrus it was for example yeah. adding uh, some other ingredients to get up the flavor of the basil yeah um, so this is like the for example the 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 wheel of flavors that you were talking about yeah like basil for example um i can't tell them all but like it has uh, certain flavors like a little bit of cumin a little bit of uh, yeah, what is it? Piment, you know, like the pepper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you eat it raw, but like in syrup, you're limited to uh, this technique that you have to cook it. We have to like uh, pasteurize it. So um, it's hard to get the raw flavor of basil that you like so much when you have to cook it. Yeah. So we're looking at ways to like still get that flavor. Right. And okay. then, for example, a fermentation <clears throat> worked to get it more more green out of it you know right and okay. then we have with yeah. also bunker we are sometimes a little bit too ideal so we say oh cumin we cannot add it if it's not dutch or not from a waste stream so if we cannot find cumin mm-hmm. from a waste stream or not from a farmer in the netherlands yeah. we cannot add it so we're just like trying to make the best flavor in a logical system where we can or grow it ourselves mm-hmm. or use it from waste from the system that doesn't work yet mm. So that's a bit the rule now in Rose Bunker that we try to solve the problem of waste. And with the money we earn with the waste uh, syrups, we plant trees to create a new system for the sodas. But how, because uh, that's a bit of an overview of how you've been how yeah. you're working at the moment, but how do you kind of come up with the new recipes and ideas? Which, <laughs> which, where do you start? Do you start with like a new recipe that you want to make a soda out of or... Yeah, the funny thing I think is that I do a step back, okay, and Tom is getting in, so it's a whole new world. And um, for the next months, we planned like days that we're going out into the forest, to the okay. ocean, to just pick flavors and work together with farmers. And I think Tom can tell the best on. Yeah, there's not one process in creating. A, a, yeah, I think it's quite the same with beer. Probably, I don't know how mm. you guys work, but uh, for us, it's like I've been doing a lot of sourcing so i've been talking to uh 
like growers, but also like uh, the importing companies and see where uh, like waste is, is like being thrown away mm-hmm. that, that still has a lot of flavor. So that can be something, but also like an interesting flavor from the forest. Like, you know, um, we, we've known each other for, I think, three years now, but we never worked together in the first two years that we saw each other. So we, but we spoke to each other and I was like, oh, you know, this taste and oh, I saw on your Instagram that you were picking mm. this and oh, it's really like Szechuan or mm. something. And oh, you know what would be cool? Uh, salted cucumber. Uh, so, oh yeah. Whoa, what the fuck? How can we make syrup? And now we're working together. And now like finally this, like a lot of energy going back and forth, um, translates into new flavors of syrups or for for now for the Mm. first time it was just like um making the syrups that were already there better or if they were like good enough like keep them like that but Mm. maybe the sourcing could be better and Mm. yeah yeah and i think one part of our brand is like focusing on trying to be um beating like the soda industry like that's the energy like to create a a, a range of flavors that can be in a bar um, without that there's no cola anymore no Fanta or orange you know that there's just like we have a flavor range that can replace the sodas mm-hmm. and next to it we want to go crazy on our own flavor world so yeah. I see for Rose Bunker we want to replace the system from the from that's the dream mm-hmm. uh, from the soda industry and next to it we want to create flavor that are just like yeah testing and and asking and and telling stories in your mouth and it's also not just the the soda industry it's also like the food industry like we could order all the ingredients that we need from any any big vegetable fruit any whatever anything yeah cheap like cheap enough to produce but that's not where the thrill is or that's not where your story is really so there you limit yourself to certain ingredients that 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 are the ones that you can find yeah but like that's the Mm. that's the game and that's what you told like (laughs) we have like the big fleas on yeah we just moved outside the city so we just moved outside far away just to have our place inside of the yeah yeah uh, between the fruit farmers and just have a place in the bay to uh Place to be, man. Where we can have our (laughs) place where we can really be connected with those flavors Mm. and not to be like only here and and yeah just ordering new products no just to be in it and to yeah, to connect those worlds there yeah. and that's for us very interesting how is the the fruit industry in the netherlands uh, do you, you you speak of the bay to it it's the famous fruit growing region i guess in the netherlands yeah. but i was also yeah, have the impression thing. that it's lots of the same, just one variety of red currant, of strawberry, of raspberry. Yeah. Are there farmers that are looking into different uh, um, uh, strains or, or different varieties of certain fruits? Are, yeah. are, are there farmers making it's, the it, difference? It's or? really Dutch to do it in the monoculture to yeah. have like the most out of it. Yeah. But there are... It's, <laughs> we started it. <laughs> it's, we started it, like the greenhouses and all that stuff. And I think... There's a good movement going on, um, but the difficulty for the movement, for example, is to find people that want to work with their product. Yeah. And we want to work with those kind of products to like, yeah, go f- faster to the goal together. Mm-hmm. But it's not enough yet. So you see, like, what was it? Last week, there was like a um, a big field with old, 
old race of apples um, right. and they just took all the trees down because oh, the apple was oh, well, not sellable, sellable anymore yeah. Yeah. and all those things that, yeah you want to be in it to just like if that happens again rosa bunker wants to keep that apple um trees yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. alive you know yeah, that's yeah. some that that are things i think that rosa bunker can really add to the society yeah, yeah. like educate because like um in the Netherlands, there's a lot of fruit being grown and the most of it is like monoculture and uh, like a smaller uh, part of it is bio, uh, like organic. And then you have like biodynamic, a few places that are growing a few things through each other with old varieties um, that are still really cool. But like Dutch people, most of them don't know about don't know anything varieties. about like old no, Dutch no, no. varieties no. of... An apple like, is an apple. Ex- explain yeah, what like you mean apple. by monoculture within these different products. That basically means well, by... you have a company and you grow onions. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the world market price Whether there are green onions, onions really red onions, sweet nothing. onions. So you have to grow more and keep growing more and your margins have to be really small. Mm-hmm. So that's the way to grow. And then going organic is a new market mm-hmm. uh, where you can earn a little bit more. But being biodynamic is quite difficult because you have all these different things mm-hmm. um and yeah like the but market th- is centralized very mm-hmm. so yeah it's a very long towards story like a su- towards I, like, like a supermarket crowd that's what you're trying yeah, to say for example yeah. yeah yeah and the thing is that we use products from monoculture as well mm-hmm. um for example our berries now are from a monoculture farm yeah but it's waste so they have like and it's five minutes away it's so five minutes away something. and it's something we want to discuss in our um cooperation so mm. if we can work together with them and the cooperation is going well mm-hmm. we can improve maybe their way of working as well so for example the wild iced tea that's on the table it's something we want to we are planting now like uh, wild herbs mm-hmm. with farmers on, on the sides of their land for the biodiversity and that's something we can do with the with the farmers with berries for example and that's a product mm-hmm. and that we can make from those herbs again so you just go to small strips of land yeah next to a plot that a farmer uses for apples whatever or now uh, we go to a farmer directly farm. yeah. and we say to him hey is it okay if we <laughs> we don't do it sneaky like, we, <laughs> we grow it together <laughs> that's, no, that's good yeah yeah, yeah. But <laughs> 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 with eland he's now maybe doing it uh, yeah that's, <laughs> that's true yeah yeah but you, you, you guys don't have your own plot of land we have a piece of land with a goat farmer and right. last year we planted like half of acre of um, of trees and, and herbs all right so that's a start mm-hmm. and on the moment we are more looking into yeah what are new business or new ways for farmers to earn money from the way we want to uh, help the biodiversity so for example this farmer has beets and he gets like nine cents or eight cents the kilo mm-hmm. it's nothing for him so if i plant like Probably less. Less even, but it's it's 2,000 square meters of wild herbs, for example. He gets more money and the biodiversity goes like up, you know, so it's it's Mm win-win. So for with the elderflower, with all those products, we want just to work together with farmers. Mm. And it's not us pretending we are helping the world. No, it's just looking how we can connect people. Involving a system, changing with the taste. food system, yeah, then, and changing the food yeah. system. And it's that. really about being really creative and flexible because that's one thing, or like two things that the food industry is not. 
flexible like that's the, the the last thing they are so for now like the example with uh, herbs uh, on acres of farmers like they have to have strips now for biodiversity for bees for insects right so like these certain birds can come back so these birds can come back and, uh, yeah. you know it's a, a long story again um <laughs> but uh, we have time we yeah, need time. like we need certain uh, weeds and they need to grow certain weeds so you if know? they want their subsidy yeah so it's like a, a, if they don't do it they, they don't, don't have, have money okay, yeah. so it's just like i think it's it's a yeah it's just looking into this world of rules and um their economic systems and our way of looking into taste and connecting those worlds to mm-hmm. yeah to beat one of the most negative products sodas mm-hmm. coca-cola pepsi you know and it's just looking into a complete different way and from more from taste than from the product itself because you can do this you can build this system with any product i think it, you can do you can make a marmalade or you can make a beer on this way it's just like creating a system how to make a new food product mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about the product how how do i make it then because you make a, a syrup and you yeah. mix it with water right tap water because tap water. Yeah. is there a specific amount i need to put in per glass because you make something that tastes a specific way i guess yeah. right so but, it's one seventh um yeah. of the syrup but arguably if you mix it with water you're diluting the flavor that you guys are creating right yeah. so how is how does that go then when you give the power to other people to so yeah to so make the, to make the drink sometimes it's different to a beer you put it in a can completely sometimes yeah. it goes wrong people just put like on festival sometimes you saw like i was on a festival yeah well, oh right okay sorry. i ordered a rose bunker that's or? the seeds from the from that yeah okay, iced tea. okay. Yeah. if you grow them you can make these yeah yourself. <laughs> do that I, was do, your question right yeah well, no, it, was, it was more to, i want to make a i want to make a glass of uh i've already got the syrup so how, how so i've got a i've got a dash of syrup here and how, do i need more if i want a little make, bit more if you want a full more? glass i don't know if you, yeah i want a full glass yeah, yeah. so it's good but, oh spilling the goods here I don't know if anyone yeah. else wants to try it. <laughs> but on the festival, sometimes I was at the festival and so I just ordered a glass of rose bunker to see, hey, is it going well? And I just got like a full glass of syrup. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, fuck. That's quite sweet, I think, right? It's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Is it possible to make oh, your... That's, uh, your that's s- a lot. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Hey, you want some? I thought he, yeah. I thought he worked for rose bunker. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just here for talking. But is it... Yeah. Still a lot. Is it possible to make the syrups without sugar? Last year I tested a lot on that. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's possible. So mm-hmm. if you put the acidity very high, you need to. That's nice. You need to. You want a certain weight of conservation, so you want to keep it um, mm. right. So yeah. you need to. Yeah, you need a medium as well. Like and people expect taste. sodas to be sweet, I guess, as well. So there has no, it doesn't have to. I no? think so. Oh. I want to. Like the dragon sour is one of uh, one of the the flavors that has nearly no sugar anymore. Yeah, and it's just acidity. Okay. So the acidity is the thing we we add to conservate, and it's just about acidity. Okay. So it's not about um, that it needs to be sweet. You need made. something like a base to carry on the other taste, flavors. The flavors, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's something we can do it with salt. Maybe we're gonna make. Mm. Yeah, I think it's going. For me, it's Rose Bunker is just on flavor wise. It's m- nearly it's just starting now. Mm. 
So this year is because we have our own kitchen, we have our own machines to produce the fruit, yeah. we have our own yeah system to really do what we want with flavors. Yeah, and it starts this year. Okay. So that's something. Yeah, it's a new playground. Yeah, I can imagine. We're <laughs> going to get into that in a minute because I want to talk about the seaweed that you brought. But I wanted to know a little bit more about the syrups. Which flavors are more popular? Is it the classic ones like the iced tea or, or elderflower, or is it the ones that may be a bit more out there, like the herb forward ones? Which which ones are more popular? The oldest one is the citrus basilicum yeah. basil. Um, that's the most popular. Ask maybe a people, modern classical. Everyone isn't it? everyone yeah. knows like the lemonade, yeah. and this one is like a lemonade with herbs, and yeah, people just love lemonades, and it's really. <laughs> that's her slogan everyone, yeah. it, everyone it works like so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the ginger works well as well because it's just a famous taste and um, I, we had an iced tea IPA uh, mm-hmm. before it was an iced tea with hops uh, that one went out because it, yeah, it didn't work uh, well when it get, got older mm-hmm. so it just it was okay within Four four months something like that, but after it, it went just soapy and and like an IPA, like an IPA. Yeah, <laughs> you have to drink it fresh. And and that was something we we didn't have the yeah the place to make that at the moment. But it's something that comes back, hoppy flavor, and uh, so what works best, fruity and 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 um, yeah, our mm-hmm. elderflower as well. Yeah. Mm. All right, so let's talk about seaweed. I mean, when, I mean, when we first... When, 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 uh, okay, this when, went too far. No, 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 it didn't. But like, I feel like Sorry. we just had a big conversation before we started recording about seaweed. Uh, and it's on the table and I feel like it's standing out a little bit. And it was the one thing that stood out when I first spoke to you on the phone was the fact you just got back from Brittany or you were in Brittany doing the seaweed search. And I'm dying to know more about it. Um, what were you looking for first? Were you looking for... Uh, seaweeds or were you looking for things that tasted like pineapple? Because that was what you said uh, you'd you'd just discovered, uh, a seaweed that tastes like pineapple. Which came first in the search? For me, the first thing with seaweed was that there is so much diversity. Mm -hmm. And when I just see seaweed in a shop or just around me, it's just like two, three products. And for me, that's something that I found amazing that when you taste it and it's nearly all eatable, Mm that you can just try it and it's just yeah it's a complete different way and an, another kind of flavor because humanity came from from the land and flavor is next to our memory mm. and that's why we can there are tastes in it that we don't understand yet so i think when you eat more seaweed that there will be new flavors as well Mm-hmm. So that's something for me that that I will, yeah my grandfather was seaweed seaweed farmer mm-hmm. grand grandfather and yeah that was for me an, an opening always since I was a child that I what was did they farm it for um, mostly uh, yod um, yodide yeah and and What's that? caustic soda I don't okay Iodine. yeah yeah and caustic soda so, so it wasn't for uh, to be really? eaten. Yeah, it's burnt, like burnt, and then it's it falls down in caustic soda. Oh. So and for the carrageen, that was late. That's more yeah. on the mo at the moment. So the carrageen is something used in beer as well. Irish moss. Irish moss. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, that's defining to clear beer up. Clear beer. Is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's funny, like it's you have like eleven, twelve species that are quite well known, 
And next to it, you have like 600 that no one knows. And even when you go to the needles here, for example, I work sometimes with the needles. Mm-hmm. Um, you come there with the species and they're like, oh, I have to look it up. What is that? I never tasted it. What is it? Like it's the taste is never important, has never been important in the seaweed. And that's why I find it very interesting. Like species are noted, but what is the taste of that species? No yeah. one knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Niels is the institute into oceans yeah. or yes, ocean uh, life. Ocean and, uh, research. So yeah. everything that has connection yeah. with ocean. Um, so yeah, the diversity of the taste underwater mm. for me is interesting. And I think the ocean always has, like seaweed is always thrown in the world, like this, the, pos- the new solution for human mankind. Mm. Um, and when you speak to research, they're like so tired because they're searching to find that possibility. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's it will not be the solution, but it's just something we can use on a different way and we mm. can discover in a new way. How do you how do you research it? How do you identify different types of seaweed? I have some books with me. Yeah. Um, what what are the kind of some of the factors that you uh, look for? Because seaweed is uh, I'm sorry if I sound stupid, but yeah. seaweed all just looks the same to me. No, that uh, if I take you in on the underwater and and in on the like yeah on the the beautiful thing in Brittany is that the sea moves away like nine meters deep. Okay. So it takes you like three kilometers, three kilometers out of the coast mm. and you're walking on the water, underwater mm. and it's dry. And then when you're like three kilometers out of the sea, you're diving there. So you're like 20 meters. You can go like 20 meters underwater when it's up mm-hmm. without any bottles or... Um, so it's it's a complete different and beautiful world and... Um, how can you see it's different? Yeah, you have to, some seaweeds you have to put on the microscope mm. and, and mostly you just can see it like this. Are there toxics? Tox, uh, there are toxic. Toc- yeah. yeah, it's the environment where it grows can be yeah. toxic. So okay. in harbors, there's a lot of uh, lead or yeah, right. a lot of... it's contaminated, I guess, then. Yeah, yeah. and you have some microalgae. So you have the macroalgae is what I research and mm. the microalgae, there are toxics. And so they can grow on the algae, on the macro algae. Mm. Right, but those are more single cell or... Yeah, yeah like smaller cell, yeah. smaller um, construction seaweeds. And, and yeah, this in like this... Blau- yeah, for, for example, example yeah. it's yeah. an algae. Yeah. Yeah. So in, but in the sea, there's less uh, toxic um, algae. So in yeah. the sweet water, I don't <laughs> know yet, for example. I never researched in the sweet water. Okay. Um, and where would you find sweet water? Or... Yeah, everywhere in the Netherlands. Everywhere in the Netherlands. Fresh water. Fresh water. Fresh water. Stupid. Yeah, it's zoet in the zoet water versus zout. Fresh water. And can you can you uh, farm it then also like so, uh, comparable to to a salt pan that you have a sort of inland basin or something? Mostly now they grow it. Does on, it happen? Um, or they grow it near the they grow it in tanks. So right. on the yeah. um, on on. But in the ocean then, or in a tidal zone? No, no, oh. just in tanks outside of the okay. ocean. Oh. Because the the thing is that you don't want to com- contaminate the ocean. So when you feed it and stuff, you don't want to put it in the ocean because it washes away. So that's a thing with seaweed. You sort of can't control it. Like an ocean oh, yeah. greenhouse. Yeah. And, they, and they grow it in the ocean on, on ropes. Um, yeah. And that's, that's something... The, it's yeah it's pretty new actually so in in all the culture in japan and korea yeah. it's like very very old so they have all the traditions there and that's something yeah they have like this very old tradition and in europe we 
never get really connected to this to this world of taste. Yeah. And it's not what um, your grand grandfather didn't grow it on ropes, also. No, 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 no. He oh. he he was harvesting. So he was okay. harvesting, and and what they did with harvesting is what they, that they um, yeah they took care as well. So because otherwise right. they had and the harvest went down. Yeah. So they took care and they they cut it off the rock really very yeah very well. And now they're just still with boats with Scooby Doo's it's called and take wrecking it out of the ocean and that's yeah that's not good at all. Mm. No. So it it needs a system in between. You can take some of the wild uh, seaweeds, it's okay, but not everything. If you take and all the babies then there's no there's um, nothing uh, left. Uh, yeah. Grown ups. And for uh, me yeah, the most so, important yeah. thing is to create an algae flavor guide where other people can start their way of thinking about the sea because I think if we start differently than with planet earth by creating monoculture but creating diversity and from diversity started into the flavor that we create a system within seaweeds from flavor and diversity and not from production and just a few few products mm. so i want to see how many species are there what can we grow what is the taste so i take some time off rose bunker now to create time for the seaweed and put my next years into a project where I don't know where it goes. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not a specialist. I'm just cu- a curious oh, you're, person. You're more specialized than I am. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, but for me, it's just, I'm just like, it just, yeah, it's an adventure that just started. So I will see yeah. where it goes. It's yeah. obvious that it's something that's, uh, some, something you're very enthusiastic about. Does it, um, Brittany seaweed tastes completely different to how seaweed could taste in Japan or, or yeah. somewhere in Asia. Yeah, What's typical about the taste of uh, Brittany seaweed? Because there's a very high diversity. Yeah, um, it's that there's more there's more mineral flavors. There's more um, the the place where my father lives. There are two fjords come, just coming out of the land. So mm. it's just it's very fertile, and that's a place where there's lo- like a lot of taste difference. But if can I really taste it or is it just my mind? Yeah, it's still difficult. Like if I'm at Tesla and I'm drinking a, a beer at Tesla mm. or a, a beer at Brittany, it's, yeah, it's the same. It's very difficult to mm. taste something on a different place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's better in Brittany. <laughs> no. <laughs> you? No, 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 no. <laughs> but are, did you, are there species growing in Brittany that also yeah. grow in Zeeland? Yeah, or yeah sure. A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And is comparable or yeah yeah there's it's comparable completely yeah. comparable but sometimes with drying and it's so difficult if it if it's older or it's younger uh, that's more important like a uh, pepper juice when it's young it's like exploding yeah. and when it's older it's like completely down of taste that's also with a lot of plants with right the young and, shoots yeah. or yeah. tea leaves did you want a certain yeah. part of yet yeah, young leaves often yeah, yeah. and the yeah. season is completely different underwater than up so on oh, yeah. land the season is you have spring like yeah. starting <laughs> now mm. <laughs> season and underwater it's like end of the year when the water cools down, everything starts to grow. So it's mm-hmm. like when when it's the water is warmer, but it's all different. Like the green algae are more in the summer. The brown algae are more when the water is colder and you have like the different layers of algae on the water. So mm. green algae are more up tidal and then you have down tidal, you have the, more the red algae. That's why the color changes as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Are, are there some seaweeds that are kind of yet to be discovered then? Some some like serious uh, 
deep sea levels, do you think? Yeah, don't have men as beasts. Shakespeare has been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're no, I, underground. I'm, the, yeah. I'm looking for like sea, sea drugs. Is there like something that will like psychedelic underwater? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. is that, <laughs> yeah. would that exist? Like those questions, like all those different species, but what is it? Like, could it... Yeah, change your psychedelic uh, system, yeah. Well, there is that uh, commonly used phrase that, like, we know more about space than we do about the bottom of the ocean, right? Is there, like, um, any forms of, like, fan clubs or any, like, underwater seaweed clubs? Wait, (laughs) I'm thinking almost like a homebrewers kind of network as well. Is there someone else you can talk to? (laughs) Is there someone else you can compare notes with? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I have a few people in the netherlands that are researching and mostly they are really researchers so i'm more an artist than a flavor freak yeah Um, yeah. and the so it's really nice to talk with with researchers because they're biologists biologists and marine biologists yeah yeah. that's really cool because it's just like but sometimes it's like boring no it's Uh, (laughs) i want to go further yeah yeah, he's saying no it's just the same no just taste it like yeah it's not the same same. like it's it's not true it's just like taste it yeah and in asia in asia i've been in asia a little bit but Mm. i i want to take some time to go there and now i'm uh, looking into Alaska as well, because in Alaska there is a lot of cold water, a lot of different species, and there have like quite a lot of subsidies for starting uh, seaweed farms. So mm-hmm. okay. I think I will go there this year uh, to see Sick. what's happening there. Yeah, quite a how do you say outdaging uh, challenge. Quite a challenge to like categorize taste. Very um, difficult. Yeah. What um, do you mean by that? Well, it's not something like binary or like very easy to. I mean, we have sweet, sour, bitter, um, but yeah, yeah. but aromas are different, right? Sure. I mean, you have it in beer. It's like yeah, yeah. okay, it's tropical, and a little bit of like every yeast is different. Yeah. For example, every hop has other yeah uh, yeah other aromas, and like you know this book, uh, the proof book mm-hmm. by yeah. uh, Peter Klosse. Like yeah, yeah, I see my bag there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that, like that's <laughs> like the, the the closest to. Well, like, he, he suggests really a way to to, to yeah, yeah, like categorize the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and have a scoring system. Yeah. Is that specifically for beer or, no. or for all flavors? It, it yeah. came out of, out of wine, probably. M- uh, yeah. because he's this wine, yeah, whatever academy, and he has a, a restaurant. restaurant uh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think this is the third book now, because and he started like uh, in two D, and now it's in three D, and uh, it's this cube with like that's getting ripe like flavors, <laughs> uh, young yeah. flavors. So that's the closest you get to like um, uh, capturing a, a flavor, uh, like exactly, I guess. But you can't put it in numbers, right? Yeah, you can develop any scoring I mean, system, I guess. And, and, you have pH, yeah, but exactly. it's, it's mm. like very subjective, right? Well, well, <laughs> the person conducting the survey has got to have a very refined palate, right? Yeah, and he uh, well. like an hour, oh, okay. an, an we hour before, yeah. he, he ate something different. Gosh. So in his mouth, like certain enzymes are working. So Yeah, right, you can right, never, right. N- never tell it's the truth, but, but you, you can say truth. it's your your way of of seeing it so i think with taste like if you if after tasting it myself i don't want to be the specialist of everything i want to look into this look into this world but then i'm going to connect with other people to taste 
because the beginning is already so much information mm. and it's just after i started my first step i went to connect with people that are good in wine or coffee or beer and bring those people together and try to yeah make the scoring system together in mm. the beginning it's more like connecting and looking and and seeing what it what there is in this world but not saying this is the truth this is a flavor wheel just like hey i taste more this and this and this is more in this level and this level so i created a little system for myself yeah but mm -hmm. not the truth that's fun yeah. yeah 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 and i think anybody can do that from any angle also so yeah, from beer's perspective it kind of makes sense apparently to categorize in beer styles and then you have different yeah. styles and you can look within a style this is more malty this is more hoppy drier sweeter but it's still within that style and sometimes you're a bit out of the style guidelines but you can still call it that style or something yeah. but uh so that's a sort of beer approach but i think with other products or ingredients you can yeah think of a way of making a cross section or or yeah think how do i want to dissect certain flavors and you can do yeah. of course sensory analysis and that can be there can be a personal aspect but you can also just run it through a machine and that can tell mm -hmm. you what chemical co aroma compounds are in there or you yeah. know i'm just throwing something up here but yeah, way, there, are, there are ways of of analyzing and categorizing which can make more sense or yeah but it makes his it makes emil's work a lot more challenging because there is no formal structure currently and maybe no what there makes... is a lot of formal structure is there yeah from other products so i'm yeah. just like in seaweed something is more like dried fish yeah. and 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 shrimp like that's a side uh, okay and you have more like roasted and beefy and more umami side mm. and then you have a little bit of floral uh, spicy so you have those kind of uh flavors exist mm -hmm. and the difficult thing for me is that the underwater flavor connects sometimes two flavors together that my mouth doesn't understand mm. so there's sometimes they're just like two flavor profiles so next to each other that i cannot say it's more more that of more that but it's just like in the middle of those flavors and then it's just like ah oh, fuck i put it like this and then it's always like in the middle in the middle in the middle mm. so i have to put it other in another structure and then it moves out again but I don't know it yet, and it's just mm. like connecting with the right people. And mm. um, but you, but you also have this program to like compare certain uh, like aroma compounds and to to see what works together, right? You have this like chef app, I think, to tell you like uh, does bacon work with uh, eggs? Yeah, 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 really, it does. Yeah, yeah. What, really? No, but, uh, yeah, well, there, <laughs> there's an app for it. Yeah, there's. I think there's this app. Oh for my it, but god! Like, no way. I think w what's so fun about taste is that, or flavor. I mean, like uh, in Dutch, it's different. But uh, there's a lot of different like dimensions to it because you have the mouth taste, like yeah. bitter, yeah, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, but oh, and the then base, yeah, yeah, yeah. not even going there, and then no. you have the aroma, so gustatories, uh, yeah, yeah. aromatis, retro nasal, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you say it um, yeah and then you have mouthfeel and then you have also a sort of a time aspect which you which you don't get in in this book i think or maybe it does but the time like it starts like this and oh, yeah. then it goes like that There's so that's, 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 or that's another yeah. like dimension so no sure and you can make it as complex as you want but everybody yeah. who has tasted a bit more that a bit everybody will will get truffle out of that type of seaweed that we have in front of us and i tasted some before the show and 
it smells very seaweedy, mm-hmm. but you you start chewing on it. In the beginning, it's it's a, yeah, seaweed, a bit, a bit weird. What's going on? And then boom, truffle comes in. Yeah. I think everybody who've had, had or smelled uh, truffle oil or anything related to truffle will recognize that. Yeah. I think with a bit of a, a developed palate. Uh, yeah, so, they, so that that's that's something that is super exciting. I think to I've never tasted that note is so so, so strong, strong yeah. and so distinctive mm. in seaweed, and that's super super cool. <laughs> and, yeah, but that's also that is a very basic le- like the first layer is just boom truffle, and then indeed later there comes a Szechuan pepper kind of numbing uh, sensation yeah. in your mouth, and I think that's also something that people can't. Uh, can can't not taste or you have yes, you, yeah. Yeah, I it will, like, it's it will, the same for everybody it will get you you're saying yeah, yeah. so and, and think so on a very basic level you should be able to to at least separate a few things uh, here and there and then of course some things will fall in between certain categories or f- certain yeah for me that's the start like just yeah. to create a little circle of some different species and next to the species for example osmondea has like a few mm. so yeah that doesn't make sense for me to categorize more truffle little more truffle little oh, yeah. little truffles and so that's something for the beginning that's not important so for the beginning it's just to make a little circle and last year i went with a friend we did a dinner um a soil dinner about different spe- kinds of soils oh um, sounds very tasty a soil and, dinner uh, yeah. <laughs> like um, the ocean was the dessert. So we made okay. a dessert from only seaweed. So it was like sweet and only sweet taste with mm. seaweed. And it was like the half of the people were, this is disgusting. And the other half of the people were like, holy shit, this is just like, mm. we never tasted something like this. Mm. And so what did you use? We did with Ulfa, it's the sea salad. We made, um, yeah, like uh, <laughs> we sugared it and we made, we did with... Um, with um, um, <laughs> the Christmas. Let, let the name, please. Yeah, yeah, that's the name <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. And, no, now I know. And duels. And, <laughs> so we used like five pieces into it. So duels. Uh, we did with did with a kelp sword. So the Hebrew Borea. Let's let the name again for you. Something with three. <laughs> Just yeah. like over yeah. my head. <laughs> so in the Laminara family, it's like Laminaire is the kelp, all the kelp species. Uh, you have like with fermentation, you have like a more tropical tone coming out. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's more getting into the water w- where you ferment it in, for example. And sometimes mm. it stays more in the seaweed. But all those things are just like, I'm, I started with a dream to, to become a chef. And then I had too many ideas and I started wow. like companies or, and yeah, starting all different kind brewing. of brewing, <laughs> all different kind of stuff. And now I'm back into flavor. And for me, that's, that's the most important thing. Just starting with flavor from the ocean, from the forest, putting it into a lemonade or in something else. I don't mind. Mm. But if it's, if you make something, make something good and help the planet a little bit further because we are responsible for it. And that's the and that's funny step, right? Like uh, once you categorize these flavors, then there's still the big question, what the fuck are you going to do with it? Yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that's what I wanted part, to ask. Right? I, yeah, and I wanted to ask, is there some way then it can relate back to Rosa Bunker as well? As in like you make syrups now or could you then use seaweed in a in a type of product like you've mentioned like beer or wine or coffee? How how can you see yourself using seaweed in the future? 
I have a few ideas for companies, but I, I said to myself, <laughs> you I'm said not, you had too many ideas. I'm not going <laughs> to start a company again. So that's something okay. I'm not going to do the next year. So I'm not going to start a company. I want just to start. Yeah, I like t- working together with people, mm-hmm. um, and from that it's possible that a company starts and maybe. I'm involved, but I'm not um, the director or I'm not in the middle of the company. So I want to be always on the flavor side, on the design side of the flavor, but not on the side of, of um, yeah, being the head of or the director of the company. And about products, yeah, I think with seaweed, there are a lot of um, possibilities, mm-hmm. um, but it's still in the dried shape, how it's now. Mm-hmm. I think it's too difficult for people to understand what they can do with it. So it needs a little bit more, yeah, a little, a few more steps for people to try it like this. For example, put it in a can mm-hmm. um, like Ancho um, and you can try four different species of seaweed at home with your beer. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be something someone starts from the flavor wheel with different species. Mm-hmm. You can just like taste different kind of seaweed just to connect with the ocean. Mm. Um, and the money that is owned by that seaweed goes back into the ocean. A company is grown. Yeah, that could be a company. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Not from me. Yeah. <laughs> the coming year, you said, yeah. right? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I saw that you make jam uh, recently, and that's also part of the sustainability kick. Uh, will you be making any more edible products? Or and I thought it was maybe tying on to what we were saying with you, Tom, thinking about food in a different way to your work as a chef. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of a, a different way of approaching trying to uh, make some form of a product out of a byproduct of making syrup, right? Yeah, which is very like the same as in the kitchen as well. Like yeah. You you uh, you keep your vegetable scraps for the bouillon and uh, mm. everything that comes out of the syrup, we're going to use it. And uh, one of those things was ginger. And I think you're talking about... Uh, Blackberry, ginger. Yeah, I've got a jar at home. Really oh, strong nice. stuff, but really nice. <laughs> yeah, I like that one as well. Yeah, and now with yeah, because the uh, ginger, Madame Chenette, like what comes out is also quite fucking spicy. So I want to make a hot sauce. We're yeah. gonna make a hot sauce, and it's gonna be really cool. Yeah, nice. Yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, watch the space. Like <laughs> And what's the plan with the food forest? Is there any steps to do anything more creative with that? Make any more edible products or uh, develop some new flavors there? I think it's still quite growing. So um, it's not there now, like uh, all of the flavors. Mm -hmm. But uh, for now, like I've been here five months, six months. Mm -hmm. So the basis right now is getting these syrups, like a little bit my style and, and together with Emil. And then... When that stands like how we want it, to me there's, yeah, nothing we can do. You know, mm. like we're definitely it's the same as with the seaweeds. It's research, like mm. gonna get all these flavors. You see it in in more and more restaurants right now that they're gonna use like uh, black currant uh, wood for uh, for the nice taste it has, like mm. uh, stuff like that. And we're definitely gonna yeah research more into that. Mm. Use all of the yeah. All of the, the flavors that uh, that yeah the Dutch soil can give us, I guess. And wow, that's, that's interesting. Slogan, huh? And that's interesting for the for the food foresting or for the agroforesting, mm. that there are flavors you can buy. Mm. So there you can plant trees that you can just not buy, 
Yeah. And that's something interesting that you can just Exclusive. like... Exclusive. You know, yeah. yeah. <gasps> yes, that's it. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like there are there, the farmers that we talked earlier about that have like still the classical system of like mm. four crops and moving them around. We If we plant species that are not in the system yet or not in the agroforesting system yet, we can just make new flavors with it. They have a new sustainable way of earning money mm. and i think that's more the system behind it and on the taste way it's just research and yeah looking how it can connect in in the bottle yeah mm. and you but you mentioned that syrup was a way also a bit of a fuck you to the soft drink industry are yeah. there more industries to be challenged do yeah. you guys feel is, it, is the hot sauce this is a uh, game no, or like vinegar the, the whole food system is to be yeah, challenged okay. like yeah, uh, everything that gets flavor not from the uh from the thing that it says to be on the package should be challenged right um soda is the first one in that but yeah. like yeah the whole supermarket actually <laughs> the whole supermarket yeah. actually, i think the yes. supermarket system like yeah, it's I th- it. yeah i think last year <laughs> last year I, we worked uh, when corona started for me it was like yeah we have a we have something to to beat like uh, we started like the seasoenarbeiders so yeah. Uh, bringing people from the city to the farmers. We started with the super local or the local campaign. So that I built it up in Utrecht with with uh, the Swin um, ben, yeah. uh, community. So with I Lianne and <laughs> with Josse and with Martin. So it was like doing all project just to, there is now a possibility to bring a little bit of change and to build it like logical. And that's how we started with the Corona. It was just like, okay, let's, use the energy we have at Rose Bunker for all these movements in the food system. Mm. So it's not about the product, it's about the system around. Right. And if, yeah, if in this system we can make like everything, yeah, that works. Yeah, and tastes. And tastes, yeah. It, it tastes good, yeah. 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 Or has taste. Or has taste and, and or challenge. Taste. Taste. Yeah. yeah, but automatically like big chain uh, ingredients going to have less taste. Yeah, often, often, often. Yeah, yeah. yeah I dare to say. Yeah. Mm. Coca Cola is pretty extreme, huh? What? Yeah. Coca Cola is pretty extreme. A lot Sour, of taste. sugar. Mm, yeah. And the thing yeah. with Coca Cola is as well. Like that, man. Yeah. It's really it the really structure <laughs> for the lemonade. It's the most difficult thing is that we add water afterwards. So yeah. it has such a big bubble. And from the tap, no one's going to have that big yeah. bubble from yeah. the Coca Cola. So the biggest challenge, maybe, with cola for me is not the taste, is the structure. So oh. the water you add yeah, in your syrup, feel. the mouthfeel, is more difficult than the taste. Because the taste is all right. That's, that's something you can work on. But you cannot say to people, you have to buy this water tap with this big bubble. Um, then you have Wait, to put ex- it again. Expla- explain that a bit clearer to me. Like the bubble in the, in the water, the carbonated yeah, water. The carbonation, of, of, yeah. the carbonation is really has a really strong bubble and really on the nose is when you yeah. open a it's can of cola, it's, it's, ah, it, yeah, it, yeah, get, yeah. it gets into your nose. And that's yeah. the acidity as well, but it's yeah. the structure. Okay. And that's okay. something is really difficult for us because we make concentrated soda yeah. with tap water. But some people have their tap with carbonated water but the mm. carbonated water will never be like as aggressive as cola mm-hmm. so we need to yeah find a way so we're gonna kill cola this summer um, <laughs> but on a way that we're gonna yeah we have to think about the water as well not mm. only about the flavor mm-hmm. um, yeah and that's the, the mouth feel that's yeah. the mouth feel. yeah and it's part of flavor sure and 
that's something yeah we, we and it's such a big part of flavor i mean completely uh, when your calippo ice has melted uh, <laughs> what does it taste like i mean really like spiced sweet syrup and that's your cola when the when the carbonation is gone right yeah mm. yeah for sure how big an impact uh, the carbonation has yeah and it's so also beer. temperature because then most As of well. the co2 is yeah. dissolved and that makes a big difference yeah. yeah sweetness and yeah yeah, yeah and, and i think that this year is a year where we going to be more a movement than just a, a syrup brand so we're moving into more doing stuff like a movement than just like a brand mm. so that's what we want to build this like a place where diversity is very important and occupy the beta yeah completely yeah <laughs> everywhere it's like flags and <laughs> they're gonna look oh, what are they doing <laughs> Yeah. I, re- I read on your website that it said something like uh, you want to tackle as many issues as possible in the future with as many different people as possible. Do you mm-hmm. have like dream partners that you would like to work with? And what would you be tackling these issues with, with these dream partners? Yeah, I think I... Good question though. Very yeah. good question. I, I think I have some, like I worked quite a lot with precious plastic. I don't know if you know that. No, no. Explain um, what they we do. Recycled plastic. Like yeah. we build machines to recycle plastic. And that's one of, uh, yeah, a good friend of mine. And that's some a company for me that's built really well. So it's completely open source. And I really like to work with that company, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be an amazing partner on a non-food way. Because in food, there's so much non-food that is always wasted. Yeah. And on the food way, I think actually what we're doing on the moment is just working with people that we really like to work with so we're gonna not we're never gonna say we make the we make all the products but it will all be connection with other makers we're not Mm. gonna be uh, the new unilever with Mm. like thousand new products it's just gonna be a connection of rosa bunker with other makers try and create some form of movement yeah that's the movement side not to make like our marmalade ourselves no someone else is better (laughs) in marmalade Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and to me it's like uh like reducing food waste as much as possible like if parties come to us with like a thousand kilos of something and we can't use it make yourself feel responsible as well to get it used you know i don't know if that's good english but you know what i mean it's like, fine yeah yeah we just started this whatsapp group with a couple of like People that think the same way with with, with Elegast, for example, like the cedar makers. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous that, for example, a thousand kilos of beers don't have any use nowhere. Like, how the fuck? Yeah, yeah now I know so many people that can use beer. Why not? You know. Yeah, in the last years, I think the the why I continued with Rose Bunker and I didn't stop like three years ago because Rose Bunker exploded and the team had their other things to do and and I was there on my own was just seeing those do you want 400,000 kilos of oranges I was uh, 400 fuck we have to continue we have to grow we have to grow we have to make Sinos yeah it was like that was the way that's why we continued it's just this energy it's not soda Yeah, it is the energy of of this this seeing these big problems and being (laughs) in the middle of that (laughs) and creating something that we can yeah that mm. gives the energy mm. i think that's what i've learned from this conversation that you guys aren't uh, a soda making company the soda making is kind of a byproduct of this kind of mission that you've you're on yeah yeah i think so yeah yeah, yeah. super cool <laughs> nice
Thanks for listening to this week's Radio Oedipus. This is brought to you by Oedipus Brewing, and I'm your host, Danny Walker. Today you heard the voices of Sander Nadevain, the head brewer of Oedipus Brewing, and also Emil and Tom from Rosabunker. To find out more about the mission of Rosabunker, or to get hold of their delicious soda, head to their website, which is rosabunker.nl. Remember, you can find all episodes of the show on our website too, which is oedipus.com forward slash radio, and by searching Radio Oedipus on your podcast app. If you use Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you like and subscribe to keep up to date. The music on today's show is written and composed by Ola I Music, and tune in next time for more explorations into the culture of beer. Oedipus.